Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. There are many types of Baptists, but being a Baptist once meant that you were a fundamentalist. Over the years, many Baptists have strayed from the fundamentals and thus attack those who remain true to the faith. This podcast will address the issues surrounding what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Somebody said, Brother House, fundamentalists are changing, aren't they? No, fundamentalists don't change. Folks quit being fundamentalists. God says when the troubles come, He said, fight. You can't fight. He said, withstand. You can't withstand. He said, stand. What does it mean to stand? He said, don't change. What? Don't change what? Number one, don't change what you believe. Here we will reason concerning the scriptures about the doctrines we hold dear. We believe in souls being saved, lives being changed, and Bible doctrines being strengthened by the Word of God. We believe in the local church, soul winning, missions, and everything taught in the King James Bible. I thank God tonight for this wonderful Bible. You know, I I thank God it's a perfect book, and I, I love the Bible. Doesn't need any addition, no correction, nothing taken from it. Thank God tonight for the Holy Bible. I like it just like it is. We are not ashamed of being fundamental Baptists, and we want to encourage others to remain true to the Bible, their Baptist heritage, and to not change what they have been given. You just stick with the book. You can't beat this book. Why does every generation feel that we've got to change it just a little bit because our daddy did it fast fifth and our granddaddy did it like that. And let's change it just a little bit. You change it and things that are different are not the same. The same commit thou to faithful men. Thank you for joining us in our discussion of what it means to be a fundamental Baptist. Hello and welcome, David Baker. Welcome to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. Hey, we're glad that you're here. This is a solo lesson, um, but Tim is going to be doing one next week. Is the plan. I am uh, out of town taking family on vacation. It's my wife's birthday, and so we always get away for that. So I was going to do a solo one now, and then Brother Tim has a special guest plan for next week if this works out. So uh, looking forward to that. And um, this will be part one. I'm sure I will not get done with it. I have no no idea how long it will take to uh, go through this lesson, but it's needed and it is very important. And uh, <laughs> a lot of people talk about it, but in my opinion, it is scary. It is scary what people do with it. So this lesson is on alcohol. Are you ready? Uh, you already saw the title, so you know it's coming. Alcohol part one. So uh, let me give my background. I have probably had more experience with alcohol than just about anybody that will ever listen to this. How come? Because I have been a drunk for 30 years. No, uh, not that. Um, because I've been the chaplain at a jail, and that jail has about 5,000 people that come through it every year. And I heard our sheriff say this week that alcohol and drugs were 98% of everyone that went in there. And I have talked to so, so many people on alcohol and what it's done to them when they got started, what it did, the problems that it caused. And I hate to say I had uh, much experience with it also growing up. Good mom and dad never drank, not once, ever in their life, not a drop, ever. Dad's 84, mom's 82. Um, when we moved to Iowa, I... Uh, got in six fights the first week of school. Everyone wanted to try out the new guy. And so it was, um, 
I'd have to go to the principal's office. He would say, did you start it? No. Did you, did you win? Yes. Okay. Uh, a few more days, I'll leave you alone. Next day, did you start it? No. <laughs> did you finish? Did you win? Yes. All right. A few more days, I'll leave you alone. One day, I was in there twice, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. After the first week, that finally stopped. But boy, it was not fun. That was sixth grade. Next year, we went to junior high. And it was a bigger school, and uh, the smaller little elementary schools came together. And I decided that, you know what, I am not going to be that outcast guy. I am going to fit in. So it started changing the things that I needed to to fit in. And so it started first with, with the language, and then with the jokes, and then with the activities, and then with the alcohol. Um, and the bad thing was, the church that we were going to, it was a Baptist church, and the people were friendly and had a nice building and had a youth group. The first time I ever had alcohol, ever, was at my Sunday school teacher's house. And when they gave me a beer, I um, started drinking it. And I thought, oh, this one's rotten. Something happened. The can got opened. And, and somehow this is rotten. So I didn't drink it. I just put it up to my mouth every time and act like I was and holding it the whole time and then poured it out. Um, but that was the first time I drank anything. Um, the second time um, was getting drunk with one of the deacon's kids in church. We planned to stay over at his house, so his parents didn't check him. If I did, they would, would me, and that, that was our plan. Um, then the youth director bought alcohol and brought it to the church and gave it to the teenagers at our youth activity, and the night got worse from there. Just a mess, and that started a life of drinking. At one point in my life, um, we were getting drunk every night and for some years that way. When I moved out, it was that way. And then in the army, it was that way. And a lot of personal experience with alcohol to be able to see and know what it does, what happens, where it's coming from and all of that. Then 33 years ago, I surrendered. I'm done. Um, and um, I'm not, I'm not going to do it ever again and haven't had a drop of alcohol in 33 years. Not a beer, not a glass of wine with dinner, not, not anything, nothing. And boy, life is so much better to be done with that. Now, my personal testimony is not Bible. It's not truth. I want to give you Bible. I don't want to give you stories and give you logic and be able to help you to be able to see, is this really what you need? Is this really what God wants? Is this really what our life is supposed to be, that it's okay for Christians to be able to do this? So as a teenager growing up, hey, I know where so many people are going because that's what I came out of. I came out of that. And, um, and then, as I told in the very first introductory session, if you were there, I had an assistant pastor that was with me that ended up leaving. When he left, he believed probably 99%, at least 95% of what we believed. And then it kept going down and down and down. I remember when he preached a sermon on alcohol, and his statement was, I know God's against drunkenness, but I don't know that he's against drinking. And the people that had left our church to go over there now started drinking. Guess what happens when you start drinking? <laughs> you get drunk. Sorry, that is an effect of drinking. You get drunk. And they started getting drunk. And some got divorced. And some became bouncers and bars. And it messed up their life. But guess where it all came from? From a guy saying, you know, drinking, I don't know that it's bad, but drunkenness is bad. And to see what happened. By the way, that guy that was more right-wing than me at one time um, is, uh, well, last I heard, agnostic, atheist agnostic. 
but his kids have gone totally, totally gone. Oldest child, um, drugs, big time, um, YouTube channel, just literally on, on the channel using drugs and bragging and drinking and drinking with his family. And, um, and I've never seen this, but he talks about it in an OnlyFans account. That's where it goes. Uh, you're like, well, I, I'm not going to get drunk, I, but I think it's okay to drink. Okay, so now what are your kids going to do? <laughs> kids always take it farther. Look at Abraham, how he walked with God. He always built an altar first. Then Isaac, he uh, didn't build an altar first. And then look at Jacob, the deceiver. Uh, look at David, man after God's own heart. Look at Solomon, where he went, and look at Rehoboam. Um, it's amazing how those generations go down. Your moderation, you're where you stop at. Okay, I don't go past this. That's where your kids start, and they go from there. They go from there. If you are drinking, you think it's okay to have a beer, watch a football game, or a glass of wine with dinner, I promise you, I promise you where your kids are going to go with that. They're going to get drunk. I want to talk about what drunk is, um, but just to see where it's going to go. I got a copy of that sermon that he preached, and um, and we'll talk more about it probably next time. But it was amazing, and the justification was, you know, they uh, they drank wine and alcohol because there was no clean water. I mean, it was all dirty, you know, contaminated water. <laughs> and I looked at that and said, and where's the Bible for that? Where's the Bible that says what they had over there is just dirty, contaminated? This was not Mexico. Okay, you're not drinking um, out of the water in Mexico. This was Israel. And when I rebutted that sermon, I went through the Bible and showed all the springs, the beautiful springs of water, the beautiful wells that were dug of water, um, the rivers of waters that they had. <laughs> it's amazing what we think. Oh, yeah, uh, they didn't. And then they said, well, they, they didn't know um, how to pasteurize it. Um, and so all of the alcohol turned, um, all the grape juice turns fermented because they, they didn't know how to, um, to pasteurize it back then. And big, long groups of people talking about that. And, and it's amazing. They simply just don't know what they're talking about. I did a deep, long study into this and the ancient ways of that and how far it goes back. They had four different ways. This is thousands of years ago to be able to not have the grape juice turn fermented versus boiling. The grape juice is boiled to half its original state. After boiling the juice, it's put into animal skins and placed in the ground. When it's ready to be used, water is added to the juice and drank. This was an early form of what we know as concentrate. And guess what? It didn't ferment. It didn't ferment. And they knew that. And they knew that. Filtering. Filtering. This process removes the gluten from the juice. The gluten is what causes the fermentation. Plutarch, who lived 60 AD, once said this process kept wine from inflaming the brain passions and it was pleasant and sweet to the taste. 60 AD, Plutarch wrote about it and talked about it. This keeps wine from inflaming the brain passions and it was pleasant and sweet to the taste. You know, when alcohol, when the grape juice turns alcohol and the other alcohol, there's a bitterness to it. Um, the sweetness comes from the juice before it rots. Filtering, second one. Number three, um, um, subs 
subs, I don't know how they, how they pronounce it, S-U-B-S-I-D-E-N-C-E. This process allows the gluten to drop to the bottom of the juice. It is then removed from the juice. If the juice was kept at 45 degrees or cooler, no other gluten would form. And you don't have to have a refrigerator to do that. My dad grew up without electricity and they would put things in the creek and it kept it um, cool and it was totally fine. And the fourth one, fumigation. Um, this juice was fumigated with sulfur smoke. This removed the oxygen from the gluten, thus not allowing the fermentation process to take place. And they've been able to excavate and find some of these things and realize, you know what? These were not dumb cavemen. They had brains and they figured out ways to keep the wine, wine, fresh wine, uh, from going fermented. And they knew ways to do that. So it's just amazing the things that people try to use to justify it that is not accurate. It's not historical. So I'm going to uh, give a basic foundation in this lesson and, um, and, of course, tell some stories in it, too. So when I'm teaching the guys in jail and we start talking about alcohol, um, I say, all right, guys, where do you believe it's at? Teetotaler, raise your hand, never touch it. All right, uh, drink a glass of beer or glass of wine with dinner or beer uh, after work. Okay, how many think it's okay to get a buzz as long as you don't drive or hurt anybody? All right, how many think it's okay to get drunk as long as you don't cause problems? Or how many people think I can do whatever I want as my life? So we go through all that. And then I say, guys, it doesn't matter what any of us think. It only matters what God says, okay? By the way, we are going to cover the verse in Deuteronomy and the verse in Numbers, okay? So um, so just so you know, oh, in all these I go through, you're going to keep those in the back of your mind. Yeah, keep them in the back of your mind, but please do not take those two verses and throw out every other verse in the Bible, okay? Um, because this is true. Proverbs 20, verse 1, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Wine is mocker. When I talk to the guys, guess what, guys? You drink wine, it's going to make a mock of you. When they're, or when they're in their orange striped jumpsuits, handcuffed and ankle cuffed, with a chain going between the two, it's called shackles, and they have to shuffle out and get in a vehicle and go to the courthouse and shuffle into the courthouse, and people are looking at them and mocking at them and laughing at them. Guess what happened? Wine has made a mock of you, and if you dr keep drinking it, that's what it's going to do. Strong drink is raging. Raging, raging fill in the blank. Raging what goes with it? Raging bull, raging bear, raging river. You want to mess with any of those? I grew up on a farm, raging bull, you better get out of the way. Raging bear, sorry, not going there. Raging river, and I'm a swim team, licensed, race, um, uh, scuba dive, um, certified, I can, cert I can certify lifeguards. I'm not jumping into a raging river. Strong drink is raging, raging. And whosoever is deceived, ding, ding, ding. If you think it's okay to drink alcohol, you are deceived, thereby is not wise. Someone says, um, well, that's um, Proverbs and that's just a, a man teaching his son. Okay, it's not, it's scripture, but let's give it to you. Let's say it is. And what kind of man? Um, Solomon. And what kind of man? A, a, a wise man. A wise man? Um, the, the wisest man. Oh, the wisest man that ever lived who had experience in this said, wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Let's give it to you and say it's not inspired scripture. It's just a man teaching his son. The wisest man that ever lived. Oh, I'm sorry, you know more than he does, right? No, you don't. And it's not going to work out that way. 
promise you, write it down, for you, your family, or your wife, or your children, one day you will rue the day and say, why did I do that? Why did I cross over and justify myself and thinking it's okay? Why did I ignore so many plain verses in the Bible because of a couple that I said, oh, see, it's okay, I can do it. And honestly, most people, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for something to justify what they want to do anyway. Proverbs 23. Yes, I'm going there. And please listen because I don't think you've heard all this. I was 21 years old, just started going back to church when I was reading Proverbs 23. And to be honest, it floored me. It punched me. I was shocked because at that time I was drinking. And here I am reading Proverbs 23. It was written thousands of years before, and I was shocked at what God knew. Proverbs 23, 29, who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath wounds without cause, who hath redness of eyes? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. Boy, I've seen that. Every one of those things, woe, sorrow, contentions, babbling, wounds, redness of eyes. Oh, every bit of that I've seen. What does it? They that tarry long at the wine, they that go to seek mixed wine. See, see, it's just a problem if you, um, if you tarry long at it. So here's the answer of what the Bible says. Again, I say Bible inspired. You can say a wise man, the wisest man that ever lived. Here's what he taught. What do you do to avoid all the woe, contentions, babbling, redness of eyes? Here's what you do. Verse 31, look not upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. This is the simplest thing in the world to understand. When grape juice turns fermented, this is exactly what happens. You take purple grapes and squeeze purple grapes and you get purple juice. You take that purple juice and you put sugar and yeast and let it sit and let it rot and let it ferment, it turns red. As we know, when things rot, they change colors. Yellow bananas turn brown, okay? Purple grapes turn red. God said, when it turns red, don't look at it. Well, no, no, they were using red grapes. Really? Why don't you look at red grapes? That makes no sense. Grapes are grape color, okay? Grape, grape jelly, okay? It's grape, it's purple. Um, and then it says, just to clarify, when it giveth his color in the cup and it moveth itself aright. You ever seen people take a wine glass and hold it up and look at it? How come? Sparkles. It's churning. It's alive. Okay. That's what happens when it moves itself aright. How come? Because it's fermented. You ever, my wife used to make this uh, sourdough bread, friendship bread, whatever you call it. And you get a starter from somebody else and you feed it and it sits on the counter. It's just sitting there normal and fine. And all of a sudden it starts moving and swirling and, and wow, you take a cup of that, put it in your, um, bread and it makes it rise. But when you cook it, it kills off that bacteria. It's regular bread, but the bacteria made it raise. Okay. So you have fluffy bread instead of flat leavened bread. And so, or unleavened bread. Um, and so when it moved itself aright, that's what God's saying. When the grape juice turns to alcohol, then don't look at it. Don't look at it. Um, point so simple. Verse 32, at last it that alcohol, biteth like a serpent, singeth like an adder. What happens? If you keep playing with snakes, you're going to get bit. You're going to. It's going to happen. Um, there's, I uh, saw a 
video one time of a photographer out in Australia in the outback. And he had a camera and he was getting this cobra to a strike at the camera. Man, he was getting some great pictures that flared. He wanted to get the fangs just coming right in front of the camera. So he got it to strike him. He's moving out of the way and taking pictures. And you know what happened? Next thing. Oh, 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 it got me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Raced into town. Took a while to get there. By the time he got there, his hand was three or four times as big as it was supposed to be. Almost lost his hand. How come? You keep playing with snakes, you're going to get bit. Listen carefully. You keep playing with alcohol. You, your wife, your kids, you're going to get bit. It's going to happen. At last, at last, eventually. Keep going. Keep playing. Think you know more than God. Think you know more than all the old preachers. Um, pick their sermons apart. Fine. At last, it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Verse 33, boy, this is really hitting home. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. I'm not going to get too crude, but if you've been in the world, you know what happens. They say something about the women at closing time. Um, the more a person drinks, the lower, their the lower their morals go, and the more they don't care what the woman looks like. They just want the physical activity. The more you drink, what does it do? It lowers your inhibitions to do things you normally would not do. You are, quote, under the influence. You're under the influence. By the way, when you talk about drugs, word of sorcery, pharmakia, um, when you talk about alcohol, what is it? What's the old-fashioned word for alcohol? Okay? Spirits. Spirits. You are under the influence of this alcohol that's in your body. When I was in the Army and Friday, we're getting ready to be released, um, and we're done for the weekend, and the first sergeant knew what was going to happen. He would give us, he was this little short uh, black guy, great first sergeant, and uh, he would say, boys, when you get ready to leave, you're going to go out to the clubs, and you're going to get yourself in trouble. Let me warn you about the little man in the bottle. You drink that bottle, but there's a little man in there. When you drink that bottle, that little man goes inside of you, and that little man lives inside and will mess you up. You know, always give us a warning on Friday when we're leaving. Of course, nobody listened to him. But it was the little man in the bottle. You understand the spirits that you're putting inside of you to influence you to do things that you would never, ever do? We'll get to it later, but I just want to say, as blunt as I can, anything that would allow a man to have incest with his two daughters and not remember it is not something a Christian should have a part of their life at all. At all. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, thine heart shall utter perverse things. Yea, thou shalt be as he that lieth down in the midst of the sea and and he that lieth upon the top of a mast. How do you feel when you're drinking? You feel that way, okay? Well, we don't drink to get drunk. Hang on, please. We'll get to all that. Verse 35. They have stricken me, shalt thou say, I was not sick. They have beaten me, and I felt it not. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. This verse just floored me because of all that I'd seen and all that I'd been around. I was sick, <laughs> beaten me, and I felt it not. We were on our way to um, the beach one time in the Army, and I had the car and was driving, had a couple of the guys with me. These Navy guys passed us and started yelling stuff. We passed them, started yelling stuff, and they passed us, and we passed them. And somebody yelled, pull over. I think my, uh, the guy with me, the uh, Navy guys pulled over in front of us. By the t before I could get it into park, 
the buddy in the front seat had already jumped out, ran around to the front, opened the car door, grabbed the guy out, and just started pounding, pounding his him in the face and the head. We had to pull him off. I thought he was going to kill him. And uh, he got me, the Navy guy got me in the car. They drove off. My friend got back in the car. And we're like, yeah, we showed those Navy guys. Okay, stupid GIs, all right? That's what it was. And uh, so we're driving. I said, man, you got blood all over you, man. You, you must have busted that guy's nose big time, man. My friend just blood all over him. I said, yeah, man, we showed those guys. And um, so a few minutes later, my friend started to get tired. And I said, you, you tired? He goes, I, 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 I'm okay. So what's wrong? I'm I'm just I'm just tired, and uh, I looked at it, and the blood wasn't drying. The blood was fresh and red. Stopped and pulled over and looked at his arm, and on the inside of his arm, you're probably not watching on video, but the inside of his left arm, inside of his bicep, um, it was open, open to the bone, the tendon, the muscle. You could see everything. And what happened was the guy was drinking long necks, as they call him, uh, the Navy guy. And so when my friend opened the door, the guy took the long neck and went on the ground to break it. And then when the when my when my friend grabbed it, it went right into his arm. And guess what? He felt it not. How come? We're drinking. Almost died. We had to race him to a hospital. He lost blood. He almost died. How come? Alcohol alcohol, what it does, the stupid things. I had harsh, a lot of perverse things. Beat me and I felt it not. And when shall I awake? <laughs> I'll seek it yet again. If you've not been in this culture, and I hope you haven't, but when guys drink all night, so many times when they get up in the morning, they say, give me another beer. You got a hangover. Beer will uh, take some of it away. When shall I awake? I will seek it yet again. <laughs> I had no idea. Wow, amazing. How in the world could God know this thousands of years ago? Listen, nothing changed. There's nothing new under the sun. The problems that alcohol caused back then, it causes the same problems now, and it should have nothing to do with Christians. Well, Jesus turned the water into wine. You know, it's amazing how people go to that and really don't look at what it is. You do understand the word wine. We'll go into this more next time. But the word wine can be grapes grape juice or fermented. How do you know? Look at the context. They picked corn, they picked wine. Oh, they was grapes. Oh, they it, it's the wine press and they made wine. What would we call it? Juice, grape juice, okay? They call it wine. It's called a wine press. What we would call wine does not come out of there. Grape juice comes out of there. They call it wine. Wine comes out of there. Um and then, how do you know the context? They drank wine and were drunken. Oh, that's alcohol. Okay, pretty simple to look at the context. So please look at the context here, the way it says it, not the way you think it says it. So the third day, there was a marriage in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, they have no wine. So we automatically, by our definition, think alcohol. We automatically do because it's wine. I had a friend of mine in California I went to church with, and he was in the Navy. Um, we didn't beat him up. Uh, but he, uh, he was telling me he was in the Philippines, went to church, and um, they invited him over for dinner. And he went, and they said, would you like some wine? He goes, no, 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 I don't drink wine. No, 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 not that kind of wine. This is good wine. <laughs> I'm sure it's good wine, but no, I don't drink. No, 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 it's not that kind of wine. It's good wine, good wine. I had to take 15, 20 minutes to explain to him it was good wine, meaning fresh wine. It wasn't rotten. 
it had not fermented. You do understand that wine is rotten juice. The guys in the jail where I work, they have sometimes made what's called julep. And they'll take orange peels and rinds and bread and they'll uh, let it to sit and rot. And the bread causes the, um, that's where they get the yeast from. And then the uh, orange peeling from the juice and the mixture, never made it, don't know exactly how it's done, but I've heard them talk, it's called julep. And guess what it is? It's rotten juice. It's rotten. That's what happens. It turns into alcohol because it's rotten. So they wanted wine. The mother of Jesus said to them, they have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you do. And there was set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, consisting, uh, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but his servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man in the beginning doth set forth what? Good wine. Good wine. What kind of wine is good wine? Fresh wine. Not rotten wine. What's good bread? Fresh bread, soft bread, not moldy bread, not rotten bread. Any type food, good is fresh, good uh, out of the oven, good is fresh. That's what good is. Every man in the beginning has set forth good wine. And when, mel and when men have well drunk, that which is worse, the old, the rotten, the corrupt stuff. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. It's amazing how our mind goes. Good wine is not 17th century French Bordeaux, whatever that is, okay? Good wine is fresh wine. Good wine is juice. Good wine is sweet. What tastes better? Wine, alcohol, or Welchard grape juice? Taste. Taste. I've asked a, a thousand guys in jail, Welchard's, Welchard grape juice, tastes better than wine, okay? That's what it was. He gave him good wine. Oh, when they were well drunk. It doesn't say they were they were that drunk is is passed out drunk when they had drank a lot. I am well full. I'm well drunk. I've I've drunk a lot. Not that they were drunk. I have well drunk. It doesn't say they were drunk. They had drank a lot. Then that was just worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. I uh, like orange juice. I had never had orange juice really until I was in California. At a little breakfast um, place and ordered some orange juice. And they went to the refrigerator and they took out some oranges and they cut them in half and they put them on the juicer and they gave them to me. Wow. Wow. This is incredible. It doesn't even taste like the other. Why? Because the other is pasteurized and frozen and concentrate and boiled and reconstituted and all the stuff they do to it. This was orange juice, fresh. It was good. Imagine what kind of wine Jesus would make. Grapes picked at their peak of flavor, chilled, squeezed, and juiced. I like Welch's grape juice. It's an amazing drink to me. But imagine if it hadn't been picked, factory, pasteurized, concentrated, boiled, packaged, shipped. Imagine if it was just grapes at their peak of flavor, chilled, and then juiced. How good that would be. That's what Jesus turned the water into.
that's what you turn the water into. So for you to say, oh, yeah, yeah, they were well drunk, okay? <laughs> well drunk is not they were drunk. They had drank a lot. Well, the Bible says drink no longer water. Use a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thy often infirmities. I'm always amazed how people try to justify this. And so many times, I hate to say it, it's, quote, good, well-meaning Christians who do not have a clue about the real world. Let me tell you what alcohol does to your stomach, okay? It makes you throw up. When you drink too much alcohol, you puke. It's called worshiping the porcelain god. <laughs> Parties, people are always in the bathroom, uh, kneeling down before the toilet, throwing up because the alcohol is a poison and it messes with your body and it causes you to get sick. The last thing in the world you want, if you have stomach issues, is to drink alcohol. That's the last thing in the world. Now, does grape juice have medical benefits? <laughs> Absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. Here's an article from the Irish Examiner. And it said, any level of drinking can lead to a loss of healthy life. The World Health Federation has said, as it sought to dispel the idea that a daily glass of wine may be good for you. How many times have you heard that? Oh, a glass of red wine is good for your heart. A glass of red wine is good for your heart. In this new policy briefing, the organization said it wanted to challenge the widespread notion that drinking moderate amounts of alcohol can... Uh, decrease the risk of heart disease and call for urgent action to tackle the global rise of deaths caused by drinking. And the whole article goes on and it talks about what a mess it is and how many problems it causes. He said that uh, according to the new briefing, the World Health Organization, more than 2.4 million people died worldwide because of alcohol in 2019. Wow. 2.4 million more than COVID, from what? Alcohol. Why isn't everybody uh, up in arms? Why isn't everybody frantic about what's going on? 2.4 million people in one year died from alcohol. That's equivalent to 4.3 of all deaths globally, 12.6% of deaths of men aged 15 to 49. Almost 13% of all deaths of men aged 15 to 49 were because of alcohol. If you've been around it as much as I have and seen all that I've seen, and then look at the Bible and go, yep, it's there. When you look at the people in the Bible that drank, and then you see what happens and try to justify that it is okay, it's nothing wrong with it, getting drunk is bad, but drinking, you know, is not. Okay, the last part we're going to get into today, and, um, and, and again, there's a lot more, but I want you to think with me. I want you to logic with me. We have our definition of wine. That gets us in trouble because that's not always alcohol. And we have our definition of drunk. What's your definition of drunk? How much do you have to drink to be drunk? How much? Okay. So Ephesians 5.18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. See, it's okay if you drink just as long as you don't get drunk. Okay. And that's what they say. Because, you know, that's excess. When you drink too much, that's excess. Okay. Um, that's not it. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess is the reference the Bible refers to fermented wine. Excess is not referring to the quantity consumed, but the character level alcohol will take you. 
Paul warns the Ephesian converts not to be part of the wicked reveler from the feast that took place, but to be filled with the Holy Spirit to the opposite extreme. Let the giddiness, instead of the giddiness and wickedness alcohol brings, let the Holy Spirit move you to joy and happiness that the Holy Spirit brings. Be not drunk with wine. We're going to talk about how much that is, but please understand what one drink does. Please understand how one life is taken. I had a guy named Chris that led to Christ. He wanted to reach his old friends. Well, his old friends were at the bar. He said, well, I'll just go there and I'll talk about Christ and invite him to church. And he did. And he felt weird walking around for a while without a drink. He said, well, I can, I can have one, just sip on it. It won't do anything. And then he got done with the one and he, um, he told me later, he said, that's okay, I can drink two and, and that won't do anything to me. And he said, after the second one, I wanted the third one. And after we got drunk, now we wanted to get high. And we scored some Coke and he was suicidal. And he called me in front of my house. I said, he called me and told me how bad off it was. I said, what, where are you at? I'm in front of your house. Hold on, come in. I got dressed, came in, talked to him, helped him. He was suicidal. What happened? He was guess, just going to drink one. That's it. Just going to drink one. No big deal. I was in the jail one time, and, and not everyone in jail looks like they should be in jail, but most of the guys, when you look at them, you say, yeah, you've had a rough life. You've, you've been there. There was a man in there and distinguished. I mean, distinguished the way he looked and carried himself and talked. And, and I said, hey, I, I don't get into why guys are here, but i just be honest with you. You just don't look like you belong. And he said, well, I'm a dentist. Okay. And he said, um, I'll be going to prison for a long time. Okay. And I didn't ask him why, but he told me. He said, I used to drink years ago, but I stopped drinking. So I haven't had any alcohol in 10 years and sober and been good. But it was New Year's Eve and I thought, you know, I can go out and drink a little bit and, uh, and it'll be okay. And uh, I drank a little bit. I didn't think I was drunk. And on the way home, I ran over somebody and killed him. And I'm going to prison for vehicular homicide. Not drunk. Not drunk. Please understand what alcohol does to distort your mind. It distorts it. And again, I've got too much experience in this and I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying I've been there. I've been at so many parties with people getting ready to drive home. They can hardly walk. And anybody who's been there, you know you agree. They can hardly walk, but they say, I'm not drunk. I can drive. Give me the keys. And they're fighting to get their keys. You can't even walk, but yet they're going to be able to drive because it distorts your mind. It distorts your mind. You are not thinking clear. Be not drunk with wine where it is excess. When you drink wine, you're drunk, and that will lead to a life and character of excess. Be the opposite. Be filled with the Spirit and let that control you. So listen carefully on numbers, okay? Getting into some logic, getting into some numbers, and please listen. So how much alcohol to get drunk? How much alcohol to get drunk? 0.01%, okay? 0.01 is very low blood alcohol level. And one that an individual could reach by having less than a can of beer or a glass of wine. Be not drunk with wine. Oh, he's not drunk. How come? Because he can still talk. He doesn't slur yet. He can still walk yet. Listen, if his blood alcohol level is 0.01, then he is 0.01% drunk. 
Oh, you're stretching it. No, I'm not. And just wait for a little bit. Wait to what I'm going to show you. Um, they are 0.01% drunk. That's their blood alcohol level. They're a 0.01. And that's less, less than a glass of wine and less than a, than a can of beer. If a 150-pound man has one standard drink, a standard drink is defined as 12 ounces of beer, 4 ounces of wine, or one shot of 80-proof alcohol. That's a standard drink. A 150-pound man has one standard drink. It would give him a blood alcohol level of 0.025%. Is he drunk? Yes. No, no, he can still walk and talk. He is 0.025% drunk. He is not 0.1% drunk, but he is 0.025% drunk. In our definition of our mind, we say we're not drunk if we can still what? What's your definition? Well, I, I could still drive. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say that. <laughs> and listen, the world says it. The world says it. Um, buzz driving is what? Drunk driving. People drink to get a buzz. People drink for the pleasure that it gives our brain for a while. Inflames the brain. That's why they drink. No, no, no. I just had a glass of wine. You get a little bit of feeling from a glass of wine, especially if you don't drink very much. And especially for women. We'll talk about that next time too. Blood, buzz driving is drunk driving. The alcohol affects you. Um, so this, the cell lining of your mouth and throat are especially vulnerable to the harmful effects of alcohol. Even light alcohol consumption, one drink a day, is linked to 20% increase in mouth and throat cancer. Really? God's a day? That's okay? Well, see, it's, uh, gluttony is bad and drunkenness is bad. So are you saying one bite of food is bad? One bite of food does not leave you from being sober. God said to be sober-minded. When you are 0.025, one drink, you are not sober anymore. You are 0.025% drunk. Well, 0.025 is not, uh, it's not really anything, okay? You don't think so. You need to look this up. This is simple. This is Wikipedia. Um, and this is uh, the numbers for, for being drunk in other countries. Algeria, 0.02. Comoros, zero. Um, uh, Gambia, zero. Um, Libya, zero. Uh, Morocco, zero. That's what they say. When you are above that, so if you got pulled over and they gave you a blood alcohol level and you are 0.01, less than a beer, you are drunk driving and going to jail. You're drunk driving and going to jail. Well, America is 0.08% or 0.1%. Okay. Um, so they have a stronger or a uh, allow more drunkenness to drive, but it's still... 0.01% drunk. Um, uh, Caribbean, Cuba, 0%. Uh, for inexperienced or professional commercial drivers, 0.05 for all other drivers. Um, um, and to be able to see these other countries and where they go for that. Argentina, 0% for public transport, commercial vehicles, 0. 0.02 for motorcycles. How come? Because they know, listen carefully, even at 0.02, it affects your balance and it affects your mind. 0.02. 0.025 is one drink. Is one drink. Guess what? 0.02, you are legally drunk in Argentina riding a motorcycle. That's another country. These aren't Christian godly companies. Paraguay, 0%. 
If you blew a point one, you're drunk and you're going to jail. Paraguay, uh, Suriname, 0.05. Uruguay, 0%. Uruguay, if you have 0.1% in Uruguay, you're going to jail because you drank. Um, uh, Turkmenistan, 0.03%. Mainland China, 0%. Um, to look at these countries and see Nepal, 0%. Um, and you could keep on going down. Indonesia, 0%. Keep looking at these and see. It's like, wow, why do they have that? Lebanon, 0.02%. And I could go on just showing the, this. Okay, what is drunk? Well, when the uh, federal government of the United States says um, that um, the drunk level is this level, that's what makes you drunk. Really? Okay, I didn't know the federal government was the, um, was the arbiter in this. I didn't know that they were the ones who made the um, decision on that. You know, maybe it should be God. That's why God says, don't look at it. That's why God says, don't look at it. Be not drunk with wine. Logically, please do not define it the way you define it. Because in the world, as long as I can still drive and get home safe, I was not drunk. I was okay. That's what the world thinks. No, 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 I don't think that. Okay, it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. And biblically, it doesn't matter what the U.S. government says or what another government says. But logically, if you're point zero two five. You're going to say you're not drunk, but you're a 0.025% drunk. How do you define it? You can still walk or your speech isn't slurred yet, or you can still drive. How is that the definition of drunk? Please use some logic. That's why God says, <laughs> don't look at it. That's why be not drunk with wine. Don't be 0.01% drunk with wine. How come? Because wherein is excess. When you drink, you are going to be in excess you are going to exceed the uh, boundaries of morality and right. That's what happens. Do not drink. And when someone starts with one drink and then it goes to two, I wish these people that were honest would be honest and talk about their, oh yeah, they've gone into drinking now. You never hear them say, okay, you ever been drunk? Okay, you say it's okay to drink, just not okay to get drunk. You ever been drunk? What, what, what do you mean? Exactly, define it. How do you define it? Well, I, no, I don't think I was drunk. Okay, what's your blood alcohol level? Um, I don't know. Yeah, you don't. 0 0.025, you're drunk. 0 0.3, you're drunk. 0 0.4, you're drunk. 0 0.01, you're 0.01% drunk. And to compare it to food uh, is, is idiotic. A glutton, you define that a different way than being drunk. Um, we have to eat food to survive. When you have one bite of food, you're not 0.01% glutton because you ate a bite of food. Okay, you want to debate that one. But being drunk, 0.01, you are 0.01% drunk. Not, not what the world's definition is. And again, when you look at these other countries, 0%, 0.02%, how come? Because they know that that much alcohol does affect your reaction time and it does affect your body. And when you want, when you drink one, then you want two. You drink two, then you want three. I wonder all these people that think it's okay and talk about it. Well, we just don't get drunk. We, we can drink sociably. Uh, we can drink responsibly. How about that buzz you get? Are you going to be honest about that? Are you buzzed? Well, yeah, it feels good. Been there. Yeah, you're buzzed. Even the world, buzzed driving is drunk driving, according to the law. And I believe according to the Bible, because 
God says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be 0.01% or 0.02% drunk with wine. Let it not even be a part of your life. Wine is a mocker. Strong drink is deceived. Uh, sorry, strong drink is raging. Whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. What's the opposite of a wise person? Yeah. Do we need to say it? If you're deceived and thinking alcohol is okay, you're a fool. You're a fool. And one day you're going to realize that. When you see what happened to your children, when you see what happened to your life. No, we could do it responsibly. There's so much pride in that. There's so much pride in that. Haven't touched a drop in 33 years and never going to. How come? Because I know what it does. By the way, I had all these debates with my dad when I was a teenager. I can win the debate. I can win the debate, but I knew what it did in my life. I knew the problems that it caused. If you knew how many girls have, have lost their virginity because of alcohol, and you still want to think it's okay, when you look and see the alcohol effects it has on a, on a girl and how little it takes to get her past the point that she'll uh, drop her inhibitions, you know how many guys, that's the job. All right, we're getting her drunk tonight and she's losing her virginity. That's a plan. And you think alcohol is okay. Yeah, no problem at all. Well, when you're of age, show me that. Anyway. All right, that's enough. We're going to end this first part one. What about, what about? We're going to get into that. Just hold on. But you needed a foundation, a biblical foundation to look at and see uh, what God's talking about. And it is don't look at it. To this day, when I go into a convenience store and I uh, get a drink or a Mountain Dew or something, I do not look. I do not look at the alcohol section. How come? Good God said don't look at it. And by the way, if I did, there are too many brands there that I have memories with. And I could go back and bring a memory up. Oh, that was fun. That party, that was awesome. That was neat. And who knows how many times people fall back into that. It's amazing to see how many preachers got away from God and started drinking and where their life is at and what they do and the mockery they make of it. Okay, It's going to mess you up, your marriage, your wife, your kids, what they're watching, what they're seeing. You need to say, God, I'm done. I finally decided, has alcohol ever done anything good for me? Nope. Has it caused me problems? It sure has. It sure has a whole lot. I'm done. I'm done. And I made that decision. And I would hope and pray that you would also. All right. Hey, God bless you. Hey, you knew we we're going to get to it. Fundamental Baptist, no alcohol, no fun, all damnation. No, no. We want you to have fun for life. And I promise you, I have more fun now serving God and helping people than all the junk and garbage the world ever offered me. Amen. All right. God bless you. We will see you next time. Logic. And Bible must prove that alcohol should not be a part of our life. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Baptist Podcast. If you have any questions, you can email us at the Fundamental Baptist Podcast at gmail.com.